Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm privileged to welcome a very, very successful entrepreneur from India, Mr. Anshuman Panwar. Anshuman, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ashutosh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Anshuman is the co-founder of Creditas Solutions. So Anshuman, let's talk about Creditas Solutions. Tell me about this venture and what you do. Um, so we started this venture about seven years back. Um, the sort of genesis of the idea came from our previous sort of experience. Uh, mm-hmm. Within I and my co-founder were working in the UK uh, with a hedge fund. Uh, this hedge fund was essentially um, investing in highly distressed consumer assets in the UK market, uh, which what it essentially meant was that uh, we were going and buying defaulted credit cards, personal loans, auto loans uh, in the UK market of uh, both high street banks such as HSBC, Lloyd's GSP, Barclay Card, Citibank, etc., etc., as well as subprime lenders uh, there. Uh, and uh, one of the things that we sort of um, realized um, having worked there uh, was that uh, if one looks at sort of uh, debt collection, so to speak, uh, it's an industry which has not really changed too much um, from um, you know the times of uh, you know left kneecap or right kneecap take your pick uh, and it's an industry which has not really seen advent of technology as such okay. um, so we thought that from and that it seems to be a good uh, sort of a business to start um, also um, collections if you look at it it's probably as old as uh, you know since the first time cavemen decided to exchange stones mm-hmm. <laughs> right so there's always credit there uh, and collections is an essential part of it just that it sort of is looked on looked upon as something which is sort of the grimy sort of a side of business which yes grimy CD it is mm-hmm. uh, but we said that hey there's a better way of doing the same thing um, and so yeah that was sort of the um, genesis of the idea uh, it's sort of um, for us we learned a lot in the UK uh, thankfully we never had exposure to debt collection in India because mm-hmm. that's a different sort of market altogether mm-hmm. uh, and the idea was to essentially um, take our learnings from there and sort of deploy technology to solve for this solution so to speak fascinating and you know you also developed a proprietary collections platform yes that I think you are uh, you know uh, working with with bankers and and borrowers uh, talk to me a little bit about what what happens in this platform yeah um so essentially what um, we have developed is uh, if you look at um, so maybe i'll talk about the broad themes we have mm-hmm. for the business and what yeah. we sort of um, sort of look at uh, what will happen in a sense so when we started the business also one of the key things for us uh, was and i'm going to quote uh, Wayne Gretzky here mm-hmm. uh, that it was uh, for us it was never uh, as he would say it's not about uh, going to where the puck is mm-hmm. it's about going to where the puck is going to be mm-hmm. uh, so for us we have always sort of looked in the future and said hey we need to sort of solve for things which will happen in the future um, now from a collection sort of uh, perspective there are two three things which are sort of um, broadly there uh, that we see are going to change fundamentally. Um, first of all, uh, the way collections is sort of being done, um, it is essentially manual in a sense, mm-hmm. right? Completely manual. You need to have either a field force or a field agent who will essentially go knock on your door to collect money uh, or maybe a telecalling agent. Uh, ultimately, it's a human uh, 
sort of voice or a warm body there. Mm-hmm. Um, our view to that is um, that essentially, if I were to sort of take this five years down the line, uh, with technology having advanced as much as, as it has, and the way it is sort of evolving and uh, advancing even now mm-hmm. as we speak, um, to say that all of this and this particular industry, which is uh, because this interaction itself is extremely frictious, right? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you have a collector, right? Who or the bank or the lender um, who is just incentivized to take money. And effectively, even the collector itself is not a salesman, right? Mm-hmm. He has essentially a pressure target from his boss, his boss. So a simple thing is to go and take money, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, on the other hand, you have a customer. Um, I think one of the uh, big, big, um, I would say, uh, perceptions about the business, uh, our collections as such, which is wrongful is Mm. that you have to solve for morality. Um, Mm. uh, Whereas in reality, what uh, you need to solve for in collection is to solve for friction. Uh, What I mean by that is, uh, if you look at morality, then everyone assumes if you've not paid me, then there is obviously a sort of he's a willful defaulter, there is an issue, there's an intent issue as such. Uh, But if you were to look at collections and any portfolio that you pick up or across banks, lenders, across the world, whether it be India, UK, US, anywhere, what you will Mm -hmm. figure out is um, that uh, from a willful defaulter perspective, only about 15% of those uh, customers who are in those pools will be customers who have just, you know, paid three minimum installments. That's Mm -hmm. it either zero to three, uh, almost about 75% would have made six consecutive payments and then caught them into a default. So essentially, it's not a uh, morality issue of the guy having taken a loan with an express intention to default on it. It's essentially mm-hmm. a circumstantial issue. Uh, to solve for that, you have to solve for friction in that conversation. You need to basically pro- provide solutions um, to the customer. Now, the way it's traditionally done is you'll have some collector at a, you know, in an Indian context at a 15,000 rupee or even internationally, mm. collectors are pretty much the lowest of the lowest rank, right? right. Uh, and he's not incentivized for mm. anything except taking money, not to empathize and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that conversation itself is fictitious. Uh, mm. Whereas if you sort of take the human element out of it, um, you give a customer an option to interact digitally, to cure for it, it will lead and yield better results and better outcomes mm-hmm. um, is our belief. We have sort of demonstrated it over the last seven years of our existence as well. Okay. Uh, and that is why I think banks are now also sort of saying, hey, this is the way to do it. The other sort of big thing from a collections perspective, uh, the last one that I will talk about is uh, that uh, if you were to look at um, regulators, and this is something that we have seen the world over, the regulatory wins are always going to be unidirectional. Mm-hmm. They will always be pro-consumer, uh, and rightly so. Uh, we are seeing that in India as well, and we've, in our experience, seen that in the yeah. UK in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the regulators, we will simply be, hey, once you've given a loan and underwritten a customer, mm-hmm. you've already priced for default there, right? Um, so you better sort of treat your customers fairly and with respect. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is something which is inevitable. Um, and we've sort of solved, we're trying to solve for it. Let me put Fascinating. So, you know, from a, now from a c- customer perspective, <clears throat> uh, and in India now, uh, credit score is becoming very relevant. It used to be critical in the US, it still is. But yes. what goes into measuring a credit score? 
Um, so credit score is essentially nothing but um, a, let's say, a history of uh, one's uh, behavior with credit that uh, one has taken, essentially. Uh, so what credit score, uh, essentially, the underlying component of a credit score is the credit lines that the customer has accessed and how he has performed on them. Uh, in layman's term, what that means is if you've taken any personal loan, any credit card, any consumer durable loan, any loan whatsoever, including mortgages or a credit card, uh, they are mandatorily, re mandatorily uh, reported to the bureaus uh, by the Circa Act uh, in India and all over the world. There's a bureau which compiles a list of uh, all your records and there is an history as to whether you have paid on time, not paid, stuff like that. And that sort of goes into calculating one's credit score. Um, what a credit score essentially does is, it is essentially a measure of uh, an individual's um, credit worthiness in a sense that, okay, if I as a bank or a lender mm -hmm. uh, lend to Anshuman, uh, what is the likelihood that he will repay me the entire amount in time? So that's, it's, 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 a, it's a scale, mm -hmm. uh, let's say on 0 to 10, it happens to be from 0 to 900. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's uh, essentially what a credit score Very is. Very interesting. And uh, given the last 18, 20 months of the pandemic, yes. what has that done to credit scores? And uh, how are you, through your platform, helping uh, the lenders? Yeah, uh, I think there are two sort of aspects. One from the credit score perspective, uh, what the RBI did uh, mm -hmm. in lockdown one, right, uh, of COVID 1.0, essentially was uh, to provide uh, all consumers uh, with a moratorium, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what they said was that whatever is uh, the customer status on March 15th, mm -hmm. that status will remain uh, fixed. So okay. even uh, if a customer missed a payment, because obviously the RBI, the government um, foresaw that there will be issues because of this lockdown, economic activity will be hurt, people's ability to repay loans might be hurt for a bit. So for six months, whatever your performance at the bank is will not be reported. What will be reported is what was on 15th. And after six months, uh, after this turmoil, everything is ended, then only uh, proper reporting will start. Mm -hmm. um, so the impact on credit scores probably wasn't as much. Mm -hmm. uh, what has subsequently happened is obviously with COVID 2.0, uh, from a consumer perspective, uh, the uh, regulator, the government have also recognized that again, there is an issue mm -hmm. uh, and that issue is probably hitting uh, retail borrowers and MSME borrowers more than corporate uh, sort of borrowers as such. So they've sort of provided for uh, options of restructuring of loans. So if somebody uh, has taken a loan, the bank can essentially restructure the loan and say, okay, we'll give you sort of better terms of provide you a moratorium period for six months and then you sort of come back on your feet and start repaying. Um, so from a credit score perspective, from a consumer perspective, I think, uh, let me put it this way, from a consumer's credit score perspective, the impact probably hasn't been that much. Uh, the impact um, to the consumer and to the banks uh, has been more from a, I would say, economic perspective, mm -hmm. wherein uh, people's uh, ability to earn a living, a livelihood has been impacted. Uh, therefore, their ability to repay loans has also been impacted. Um, so the, that I think is the uh, bigger sort of issue to which effect essentially banks are also sort of realizing 
um, that there's a big sort of NPA problem that is building up. Um, mm. It is not obviously, uh, it's a circumstantial issue, right? In this case, it is circumstantial. It is not willful that I've given loan to a wrong person. It just so happens that economic environment is such that okay. even if they have the intent to pay, the ability to pay probably isn't there. Uh, and to which effect we are seeing uh, banks increasingly um, sort of adopting a solution as such to treat customers more fairly, to have better sort of conversations with them. Um, so that, I think, is, you know, overall nutshell is uh, what has happened. So, you know, that's an interesting comment because it's an interesting segue for my next question. And I was going to come to that, that okay. the NPAs in banks have yeah. gone up, I'm told, quite yeah. significantly. Yes. Uh, now, part of it may be because of the moratorium, part of maybe because of poor economic activity. How are you supporting the lenders? Yeah. Other than the conversation and not breaking kneecaps. Yeah. So I think for uh, banks, essentially, how um, collections is structured, right? Uh, it is uh, linearly related to the portfolio, right? So if a bank has a portfolio of, let's say, 1,000 crores worth of personal loans, then every month, and this is sort of fairly fixed across the industry, across products, across globe, uh, about, let's say, for example, 10% of customers will miss their payment for whatever reason. If their due date was the first of the month, 10% will inevitably miss. They might be sloppy payers or they might be genuine issues or whatever. Uh, at which point of time, to cure them, what the banks do is uh, they have collection, the collection sort of comes into play. Uh, so they will typically have a whole bunch of telecallers, field agents who will call these customers to get the monies back in. Hey, Mr. Customer, you missed your payment. Please uh, repay this loan or pay, repay the EMI amount, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, what typically has happened in banks uh, and lenders uh, across the globe, not just in India, is uh, if, you, if you think about it, if it's 1,000 crore, it might be okay. I need 100 people to solve for this. That 10% will go, it, out of those 10, 90% will pay, 1% will flow mm -hmm. further, right? Um, and you need 100 people to solve for it. Now, what has happened is that 1,000 crore portfolios may be the same, but instead of 10% going in, it suddenly doubled mm -hmm. or even tripled, 30% is going in. So suddenly, instead of having 100 people, you need 300 people. Mm -hmm. uh, to scale that in a very small period of time, is something which is not easy for banks. A, um, second, it's a risk that they want to avoid at uh, whichever cost. Uh, because one of the things that is happening is uh, banks are realizing because of regulatory pressures um, that collections generally, no matter what you say, it has an element of compliance element there, which does get crossed on a regular basis. And that's the risk that all the CEOs, MDs, and CROs of the bank are acknowledging. And they're saying, hey, we need to fix for this. Um, so that's why they are sort of increasingly gravitating towards digital sort of solutions such as ours to say, okay, can, how can you come and uh, help us fix this, right? I need to reduce my sort of um, collections activity as well. And I need to also ensure that it is done um, essentially uh, in the most regulatorily clean way possible. Um, so that's, I think, where we come in. So our idea from a solution perspective is you need to take the human out of the process as much as possible. Uh, because once you have two people talking to, it's just natural tendency. Mm -hmm. The guy who's asking for money is always going to be more aggressive, no matter what you say. Um, so as much as you can sterilize that conversation, uh, the better outcomes you will get.
Very interesting. So my next question to you, Anshuman, is you as an entrepreneur. And my, the question is that, you know, you've built a fascinating organization, which was really a bootstrapped startup into such a major powerhouse today. What have been some of your challenges and what have been some of your learnings? Uh, yeah, tough one. I think there are multiple challenges and multiple learnings. Uh, from a business perspective, I would say, yeah, there are way too many. A um, couple of things, um, uh, actually more than a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for anyone who's sort of starting out, uh, uh, first thing, obviously, there is, uh, there will always be mistakes and you will always make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fine. Uh, you cannot make the right decision at every time. I think the most important thing there is to realize what the mistake is and course correct as fast as possible. Mm. That tends to happen, um, I think, uh, easily when you're small and it depends upon the sort of founders, promoters as well, that, hey, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Can I just sort of rectify it? Okay, fine. I spent so much money on certain things. It's not playing yeah. out. Let me cut mm-hmm. my uh, losses short mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to take uh, ego there. I think that's the first one. Uh, from a learnings, uh, there are way too many learnings, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I will say, which is very important, if you're sort of starting a business and doing it is, um, left to fight another day. Um, that is extremely important. Um, longevity, if you're able to survive, the longer you survive, uh, you are able to, um, opportunities just open up uh, mm. over a period of time. And the third and the final one that I will talk about is once you're sort of, when you're doing a business, uh, at least this is one thing that uh, I and Mother Mako found to pride ourselves on is that we always play the long odds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that essentially means is I'm looking year down the line, three years down the line. I'm not uh, looking for immediate results, right? Uh, if I was to look up for immediate results, then I would have sort of changed my business model simply said, hey, let me be another agency. Let me just, mm-hmm. you know, put a bunch of people there and just call boom, boom, boom and get money and, you know, compliance be damned, everything, money can come in. Uh, but I think um, to sort of be able to see and predict the future in a sense, now you will not be ever able to predict, you know, this is something which will happen in three years time. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe it happens in two, maybe it happens in five but playing those long arcs, I think, is one one of the biggest and most important things that we have been able to achieve. Um, along with obviously saying, okay, I made a mistake, let me solve it, and you will make mistakes. And yes, saying that, okay, you have to survive to sort of wipe that long arc, right? Can't be that you suddenly die. Um, so, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, so, you know, when you, uh, going back to credit us, uh, you have worked in different countries, worked with different clients in different countries. Yes. How is India as compared to a lot of other markets when it comes to debt collection? Um, okay, debt collection, actually, I would have thought uh, about businesses as well. Uh, so from a debt collection perspective, I think uh, the market is evolving. Huh? It's still not as evolved as the US, UK, or mm-hmm. your developed would be. Uh, the regulator is now what we are seeing the regulator do and regulator has to play a big massive part in the evolution anywhere in the world, especially for something like debt collection. Mm-hmm. Um, is now what we are seeing the regulator do is what we would have seen in the UK maybe 15, 20 years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I said, 
that the regulatory winds are always unidirectional. We have seen this across the world, whether it be UK or the US, it is something which is inevitable. That's mm. like, oh, uh, that's the Neo, Mr. Neo, it's the sound of inevitability. It is going to happen. Uh, banks are now increasingly realizing that. Um, from a business perspective, um, you know, not just um, debt collection, that's fine. That, oh, that, absolutely. That mm. But um, from a business perspective, I think India is a very different market. Altogether. Correct. Correct. Um, uh, if you are able to do business in India, um, you can do business anywhere. Well. <laughs> well said. This is our view. And, and I'm sure you've run, a, you've run a business as well and you would know <laughs> how different it is. Uh, yeah. There are anecdotes we can talk about, but yeah. Thank you. So I'm now going to move on to uh, a set of personal questions because our sure. viewers and listeners love to get to know our, my guest a little better. Yes. But my first question to you is, you know, for someone who's doing so much great work in credit and helping so many banks, what are some of the core values you believe in? Core values that we believe in, I think, um, very personal question. So from a core value perspective, I... Firstly, a couple of things that we genuinely believe in, and I'm not talking from business values, these are personal values sure. that would translate into businesses. Well, right. Um, one of, I mean, we are fairly agnostic, if not atheist, bothering atheism mm-hmm. probably, uh, but we do believe in karma. Um, mm-hmm. That is something which is uh, very core cool to us. Um, as I said, long locks and stuff, all of that comes from that, right? Um, mm-hmm. Gratification and stuff. Ultimately, what you can control is your actions. Um, and hopefully over a period of time, once you keep doing the correct actions over and over again, things tend to add up and uh, things sort of will lead to the correct uh, outcomes as such. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I think at a personal level, is something we believe in. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much is uh, what we... Fair enough. Fair enough. So moving on, uh, having built an amazing startup, and having had such a great career, when you look back, what does success mean to Anshuman? Success to me means, okay, I have, um, okay, the first success is essentially, I think, uh, and we're proud of this in a sense that we have transformed the industry to an extent, mm-hmm. uh, or at least we've put the seeds of transformation there. Uh, success is, to be honest, uh, personally to me, yet to come in the sense that uh, we would like the entire industry to shift to a particular model, which we are seeing um, steps being taken in that direction and sort of acceleration of that happening. Um, so that um, is essentially what success uh, would mean to us, um, essentially as a business. Um, yeah. Pretty much, uh, okay. very okay. shortened. Okay, and my last so, question, sort of, for us also from a success perspective, I would say is, you know, the fact that we've been able to build out a three hundred plus member team mm-hmm. uh, and growing uh, is also something that we look back and are very proud of. I mean, considering the fact that I and my co-founder started, you know, our business essentially out of coffee shops, just mm-hmm. meeting every second That's day, five six hours, and. Then from two of us, starting from a small incubation center in IIT Delhi, uh, in a room which was probably smaller than the room I'm sitting in, mm-hmm. to having bootstrapped and built it out to 300 plus, is something which is, yes, a matter of pride for us and looking to scale this further. Fascinating. And Anshuman, my last question to you, uh, it's a follow-up from the success question. 
who or what inspires you to keep on pushing yourself to do such amazing things who or what inspires me so I, <laughs> that's a again a tough one to answer so mm-hmm. personally i think uh, what inspires me would probably be uh i suppose would be um you just keep doing your stuff i suppose okay. uh, uh, i think uh, that's about it uh, and and i i think what the idea that i think inspires us and personally me is i mean i'm sort of a metal head as such right mm-hmm. so and i like metal because they sort of play songs which are sort of an establishment in a sense mm-hmm. so the fact that uh, we are trying to sort of turn an industry on its head the way it's looking at it is something yeah that that's sort of a personality trait i suppose that yeah business has to be done in a particular way and you're saying no this is whatever has been done for the last you know eons and eons is mm-hmm. not the way to do it especially with you know there are better ways to get better outcomes as such which are completely diagonal maybe uh, and 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 better ways and proper ways to do it um so i think that sort of inspires us in stories of uh, you know yeah that's about fascinating it. fascinating anshuman thank you so much it's been such a privilege speaking to you thank you for taking me down this incredible journey of creditors yeah um, you know great learning for me personally uh, and wish you lots of success thank you ashutosh thank you lovely having uh, chatting with you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you